This is Groundswell Radio with Peter Williams, standing up against unworkable regulations and providing a strong advocacy voice for everyday Kiwis. Back on Groundswell Radio with Dr. Tom Sheehan. Thanks for joining us again. So, Tom, you've been on tour in New Zealand. You spoke at Field Days. You've been talking to uh, farmer groups around the country. What is the message you're putting out there then, particularly as these guys who farm our sheep, farm our cattle, they're staring down the barrel at some big costs if this government gets its way? What's the message you give to them? Exactly so. Well, they should stiffen their spine and stand up against the government because scientifically they're in the right. And for all the bombast and claims and assertions and whatever's on television or radio or or, uh, newspapers, the scientifically correct position is the position taken by the farmers, and they need to stand up and insist upon that. In Washington, D.C., when the farmers want to call attention to their problems, uh, in the winter months, they will come and drive tractors all around the Capitol building for a couple of days ruins traffic, makes a terrible mess, but it does get the attention of Congress. And then they realize farmers are an important part of our country and we've got to pay attention to them. Yes, and well, maybe we've had, something we've along had similar, that line would yeah, work here. We've had similar protests like uh, that in this country. In fact, as far back, I think it was, gee, 2004, the best part of 20 years ago, uh, there was a farmer uh-huh. from the middle of the North Island who drove a tractor up the streets of Parliament and protest at the then proposed fart tax, as, uh, as they were calling it then. Uh, but that was right. then. Uh, the, the pressure seems to be going on the farmers more and more in recent times from particularly left-wing Green Party politicians who are really putting the pressure on. But how do you explain to these people when it's there in black and white that they are wrong and that the farmers are right? Because as Barry Brill has explained on this program before, the evidence is there, but these people just don't seem to want to know it. Has there been any impact with congressmen or senators in the US from your experience by by protests and by pointing this stuff out? Protest works best. If you can turn out a thousand people, a thousand farmers or a thousand tractors, you get good attention. If you send one professor of science in there and talk to individual professor, uh, congressmen or senators, you may get a little bit of understanding and hopefully that'll last. But in politics, whether in uh, America or in New Zealand or any other country, turning out the big numbers is what wins. And I've seen that at home, and I've seen it uh, elsewhere, and uh, that is the key to success. You've got to have the numbers to get people's attention. But once you do get their attention, then the explanation of why a certain number called GWP, which stands for Global Warming Potential, is absolutely wrong, is an argument that any competent fourth grader can understand. So G- goes like this. GWP 100 is the, the 28 times, the, the, the fact that methane is 28 times uh, more impactful on climate than CO2. That's GWP 100. There is this other standard mm-hmm. called GWP star, but does that have any relevance mm-hmm. in, in the course of this discussion, do you think? Uh, yeah, GWP, GWP star and GWP 100 are all cousins of each other. And they have to do with the endurance or lifetime of the gases in the atmosphere, what, what assumption you put in. But there is not terribly important difference between the three. And if somebody comes up with GWP double star tomorrow or GWP 9000 or GWP 12 or whatever, it's going to be another cousin of the same thing. 
And the question they set out to answer is, we're going to put in one tiny increment of CO2, and now we're going to put in one tiny increment of methane, and what's the difference? What's the ratio of their importance? And then we're going to do it again for nitrous oxide versus CO2. In all case cases, CO2 was the benchmark, the standard, and the other gas was what's to be measured against this. So you now have a question of the numerator divided by the denominator, where the numerator is the interesting gas, methane or whatever. The denominator is carbon dioxide. So what does the denominator composed of? Well, it has to do with how much change is going to happen when you add one part per million of CO2. Well, in the real atmosphere, where CO2 really is 410 or 420, whatever, the dinky little change caused by one part per million is approximately zilch. It's negligible. Okay. Keep that thought in mind. Now, methane, you go from one part per million to two parts per million, well, you darn near doubled it. Okay, so it has a greater impact. And that goes in the numerator. So what do you got? In the numerator, you got a finite number. In the denominator, you got an incredibly tiny number. All right. In mathematics, you cannot divide by zero. But when you divide by a tiny fraction, a number close to zero, you will get a gigantic quotient. Again, this is fourth grade arithmetic, okay? Take seven and divide it by uh, three, and you get some fraction, two point something or other. Take seven and divide it by one three millionth, <laughs> and you get some massive number, like 21 million or something. So by the mistake of getting the idea of marginal changes wrong, you can inadvertently create a situation with a normal numerator and a incredibly tiny denominator, which will give you a quotient or answer, which is a gigantic number. And that's exactly where the number 28 came from. There was a time about a year ago when they were saying it was 82. And the only thing I could figure out that was a typo. Somebody's <laughs> fingers got confused. But at any rate, they bandied that around for a while. But AR6 started to set the record straight when they said it's nowhere near 28. And that did help because let's say we're three or four you would still be swamped by H2O. The reason methane is irrelevant is because H2O does all the absorbing. Now, a purist in chemistry would say, aha, those spectral lines are a little bit different and they're going to go past each other. Yeah, well, that's true up at about 80 or 100 kilometers high. But remember, the atmosphere is from the ground up to that 100 kilometer height. And in the lower altitudes, uh, water has what's called collision broadening, and as a result, it captures every photon methane had a chance for. So the effect of methane really dwindles to nothing. When you're talking real air instead of the laboratory gas known as dry air, and the IPCC mistake for 40 years has been to work with dry air instead of real air. And the whole problem, the whole mistake is contained in that. And what the farmers in America and New Zealand, every other country have to do is stand up and say, we are not going to be bowled over. We're not going to be pushed aside because we know and understand the science. And by golly, the science needs to be respected. Tom, Sadly, most politicians don't pay attention until yeah. you practically run them over with your tractor. 
Tom, has there been any effort at all to tax farmers for methane emissions in the United States, or has that all been beaten back by the protests you've just talked about, or is the fact that uh, farmers hear, farmers yeah, just hear. don't have the same uh, the, the same I guess role in the American economy as uh, the New Zealand farmers do? Right. Um, if you tax the New Zealand farmers, you'll be raising a whole lot of money at the, on the backs of the, the those that segment of the population. Uh, you try that in the United States, and the amount of revenue you're going to get isn't as big as a fraction. So uh, there's less attention to it, but there's still talk of a ruminant tax. And um, it's just one of those ideas that is kicked around in the political sphere that seems to have, if not uh, good currency, a recurring theme that, that keeps showing up again and again. So we may see such attacks in America, but if it happens, it'll be for the same erroneous reasons that is causing it to be pushed in New Zealand. So as far as you're aware, there is no country in the world that actually does this. I mean, I, I know that they've talked about it in New Zealand, well, for the, for the best part of 20 years, and we have uh, various schemes to put it in place here, which farmers are pushing back against, particularly organisations like Groundswell. But there's no country in the world that's actually got around to doing this yet, has there? As far as I know, you're correct. There is no country that I know of that is actually taxing uh, ruminant animals today. So what about the other research that's being done? And I, I appreciate this is outside your area of expertise, but I've been told that something like $200 million has been spent on research in this country to try and reduce uh, the methane that animals emit through various types of grasses, feed uh, supplements you could give to animals. Is it worth even pursuing that kind of research? Is, is the result going to make any difference at all to anything? No, it is not worth it, and it's one of those boondoggles that gets promoted, uh, and we have uh, this kind of stuff going on all the time. Um, you have in the American uh, Congress and the administration these massive programs of $500 billion, that's half a trillion dollars, to do this or that or the other to fight climate change. And they throw money out there in huge gobs, and uh, assorted university professors can grab a chunk here and there for their special project to uh, run up the cost and do something interesting that maybe has some relevance, maybe someday, but it isn't worth it. So what is the main message then you've got for New Zealand farmers as you go around the country, knowing what they're faced with, what they're threatened with, and the impact it could have on their, on their farm businesses? Stand up and fight and don't cave in. Don't be ashamed of your position and don't be intimidated by guys who talk as though they know some science when in fact they don't. Do you think farmers understand the science well enough? Many of them do. Um, in farms I've visited uh, just in the last few days, the brilliance and, and uh, intelligence, the creativity, the engineering, the, uh, the smart things they do are just a marvel. You know, the timing of the breeds of chickens or uh, the when to plant, when to harvest, all these things are known to farmers in detail. And as a result, they can run a profitable farm. And us ordinary laymen, many of whom may be in universities and many of whom are politicians, don't have a clue of how much skill it takes to do that. And so they make these foolish ideas based on grandiose, imaginary, bucolic images of farm life in the 14th century or something. And um, they, they get it wrong completely. 
But a farmer and his friends, thousands of them, who will stand up and say, we understand the science and we know that we are right and we're not going to back down. That's the key to success, I think. All right. Tom, what a great message you're putting to the farmers of New Zealand. Can we just finish then with that statistic, the the, the percentages that you quoted at the start of the interview, give us H2O, give us CO2, and give us methane. What are the percentages sure. of those gases in the atmosphere? Because this surely is the key to this whole issue, isn't it? Of course it is. And the reason that the IPCC went down the wrong path is because water does vary all over the place. In the jungle, it's 4%. On the Sahara Desert, it's a half a percent. But in general, it's somewhere between 1% and 2%. So for conversation's sakes, I say 15,000 parts per million, which is 1.5%. On the other hand, where water is all over the place, CO2 and methane are really well-known numbers that have been measured with great care. CO2. 410 parts per million. And if you correct me and say 420 tomorrow, I'll say, okay. <laughs> yeah. Methane, 1.8 parts per million. The so irrelevant water, gas. Water, 15,000 parts per million. CO2, 400 parts per million. Methane, 1.8. It is irrelevant. Tom Sheehan, an absolute pleasure talking with you here on Groundswell Radio. Enjoy your time in New Zealand. And I'm sure that you have encouraged the farmers of this country to push back really hard against the politicians who want to tax them for something that is not having any impact at all. Great talking with you. Thanks very much. It's a pleasure to be with you. Groundswell Radio is endorsed and supported with pride by Ocean Ridge, Kaikoura's premier place to be and live. Groundswell Radio with Peter Williams, bringing town and country together. Join us in supporting Groundswell New Zealand by visiting groundswellnz.co.nz. Experienced, reliable New Zealand scanners based in North Waikato, servicing from Northland to King Country. Visit Noble Campbell Livestock Services on Facebook or call Andrew on 027 316 3134. That's Andrew on 027 316 3134. Noble Campbell Livestock Services.